prom time. It's prom time. It's prom time. It's prom time. It's prom time. Prom time power show. Good evening and welcome everyone to the library cast of the Primetime Power Show. We are live in the Primetime Power Studio. Tune in, radio app station, Primetime Power Radio. Also streaming on PrimetimePowerShow.com as well as PrimetimePowerRadio.com. We offer radio that uplifts, inspires, encourages, and informs. And we have arrived at show number 248 of the Primetime Power Show. And tonight's show is sponsored by Mayworks, working for your success for professional websites, computer assistance, small business support, and more. Check out Mayworks by going to their website at Mayworks.com to get all the information in relation to their services. Also, if you're ready to be served, you can give them a call at 484-466-5460. Once again, that's 484-466-5460. By the way, I'm Derek May. I'm Christina Williams. Along with Pastor Dr. Leroy Pendleton. No Paul Earthquake more tonight. He's taking care of some medical situation that he's dealing with, but he's okay. I talked to him this morning. He's fine, and he's going to be back on the scene next week, live on the Primetime Power Show. But starting off the show, tonight live on the primetime power show first up is our segment uplift today and we're going to start the segment off with our words of encouragement tonight which is meant to uplift your spirit our scripture reference is going to come out of the book of first john tonight chapter three we're going to highlight three verses verses 16 17 and 18 and since paul earthquake moore is out today i'm going to have a part two tonight of uplift today we're going to get back to our small business focus tonight we're going to share ways to stay motivated as a small business owner on my segment we're going to talk a little bit about my trip to egypt and what I have uh, some thoughts that I have about Egypt versus the United States. All right. And then in our final segment on the Primetime Power Show, live on Primetime Power Radio, we're going to have Dr. Reverend Leroy Pendleton, his segment, The Place of Decision. The spiritual topic tonight is entitled, Some Things Have to Change. So that's what's coming up on the Primetime Power Show, live on Primetime Power Radio. Do us a great favor, as we always ask you. Tell your family, tell your friends, share the posts of the Primetime Power Show. Let them know that we're live right now, show number 248 of the Primetime Power Show on Primetime Power Radio. Once again, if you're listening out here, all the options is the TuneIn Radio app. You can look for station Primetime Power Radio. Also streaming on our websites, PrimetimePowerShow.com and PrimetimePowerRadio.com. What we're going to do at this time, we're going to take a break. But on the other side, we're going to get started with our first segment. Words of encouragement is coming up live on the Primetime Power Show. Live on Primetime Power Radio. Primetime Power Show Live. Prime Time Power Show, baby. Prime Time Power Show. That's right. Radio that uplifts, inspires, encourages, and informs. It's a Prime Time Power Show or Prime Time Power Radio.
Rob Power Show. If you're looking for technology support that can assist you with your web, computer, and business needs, MateWorks provides professional solutions that can help you with whatever need that you have. With a wealth of experience and technical know-how, rest assured that MateWorks can deliver on fulfilling your requirements. Learn more about MateWorks by going to their website at MateWorks.com. MateWorks is also available on social media such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. So give us a call today at 484-466-5460. Once again, that's 484-466-5460 if you would like to discuss service options or if you are ready to start today. MateWorks, working for your success since 2000. You are now listening to the Primetime Power Radio on the TuneIn app. Download it. Apple, Android, Windows, TuneIn app, Primetime Power Radio. The Primetime Power Show is now available via podcast. Yes, you heard that right. We are on podcast, meaning that now we're available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. So if you've missed the show and you didn't catch us live or you just want to hear a show again, subscribe to the podcast, whatever platform you're on. Once again, that can be iTunes, Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. And then every time we have a show available via podcast, you will be able to see the latest, greatest show that's available. So once again, the Primetime Powers show is now available on podcast. Subscribe today.
something is lifting. I feel God responding to our corporate cry. You say this, settle down. Welcome back to the Primetime Power Show, live on Primetime Power Radio. Hope you're staying cool out there, particularly if you're in the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area. Very hot heat wave in effect, so hope that you're indoors or you're at a location or you got a cool drink in your hand, keeping you cool during this summer season. But we're going to start things off tonight on the Primetime Power Show. We're going to begin with our first segment on Uplift Today, our words of encouragement for show number 248. Our scripture reference tonight that we're going to focus on is on the book of 1 John, chapter 3. We're going to highlight three verses, verses 16, 17, and 18. I'm going to read two versions of the word tonight, the New King James Version, as well as the New Living Translation. Once again, we're going to come out of the book of 1 John, chapter 3, verse 16 through 18. That's in the New Testament towards the end of the Holy Bible. So 1 John, chapter 3, verse 16 says to us, but by this we know love because he aid down for his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for our brethren. Verse 17 says, but whoever has this world's goods and see his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? And finally, in verse 18, it says, my little children, let us not love the word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. The New Living Translation says it like this, according to 1 John chapter 3, verse 16, 17, and 18. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us, so we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and see a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Finally, in verse 18, it says, Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. So here we see in our words of encouragement tonight, we begin to see first and foremost, what the identification of what real love is. So the word simply tells us in that scripture reference tonight, that according to Christ, that real love consists of something that is called self-sacrifice. So self-sacrifice means that we are supposed to first and foremost, delay ourselves. And then we're supposed to give up our own self-interest, our own particular wishes that we have in order for us to have a clear ability to be able to help others so that we can ultimately advance a cause or a need that they have. So in order for us to do this, right, to have that self-sacrifice 
uh, method and way about us. First and foremost, we got to make sure that we have the right mindset. We got to make sure that we have the correct intentions as well. So we need to become what? Truly and generally concerned about the needs of others, believers and non-believers as well. So the requirement is that ultimately we got to be unselfish in regards to giving up our time, our effort, even in prayer, possessions, even in our lives to be able to supply to those that stand in the need. And although we've been blessed with the greatest example that ever lived, and we're talking about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who was the great representer of what real love is. The truth of the matter is, is that we are falling vastly short in the times of today of really exhibiting what the essence of real love is supposed to be. Because let's be honest out there. Many of us don't really do it in the manner that has been clearly defined in the word as we heard tonight. We still allow the us, we're talking about ourselves, to get in the way of doing what we want to do and showcasing how we want to live without being concerned about other people. So clearly we can see tonight and we live in this current state and time if we just look not too far away. We understand that this particular time frame in our lives where self-sacrifice seems to be something that is far and few. Almost like it's almost a deserted concept, right? That somehow has been deactivated in the lives of many, many people. Because we've grown now to be, unfortunately in too many cases, just straight up being unconcerned about someone else, being very self-fulfilling and what we want and what we want to do. And we're even comfortable with staying that particular way, thinking that there's nothing wrong with being selfish like that. And we constantly day in and day out flow in that particular manner. So our societies that we're talking about nowadays, if we take a look out at them, it begins to show and it begins to express what? This unloving feeling for our fellow brothers and sisters that are out there, particularly those that are stand, that stand in the need, that are struggling. We show that we lack true and genuine concern. And this choice to be this particular way because a lot of us has decided to go this route and, and flow in this direction, it has influenced the behaviors and the many outcomes that are in our neighborhoods today. So it's one of those things that actually feel like it's contagious because if one person is doing it, then someone else is doing it, and then all of a sudden it becomes a common thing to many people that deliver and, and walk in this type of mode of not having a self-sacrifice attitude. But the key here is that we don't have to stay in that particular state the key element is that we got to have Christ in our lives. If we don't even have him in, we got to make sure that Christ is invited back into our lives. And then also, if we allow to truth to dictate our responses in regards to how we treat and how we do for one another, now we will begin to get things back to where they were supposed to be, according to particularly what God says, how we're supposed to respond to our brothers and sisters in the first place. So once we get back on board on what we're actually supposed to be doing, then we're going to begin to experience what I believe would be an evolution that's now going to be able to have some impact. It's now going to be able to have some massive positive effects on the whole. It's going to be something that's going to have influence. So a much better way of living is going to be the result of that because whenever good influence is on the scene, it's going to be able to encourage others to follow as well. But in order for us to do that, though, guess what? It, it, it starts. It, it, we have to have a a process of it, right? It starts with taking hold of what God says to us, right? And now not only hearing what he's telling us and understanding the instruction and understanding the call that we have for our lives, also we got to understand that the next step is we got to have implementation in regards to his ways and we got to make sure that it's flowing in our lives. So when we begin to do that, 
guess what happens? Real love begins to show up. It begins to reveal itself because now our actions are showing and now is exuding that particular love. And the impact of it is that now it begins to touch others. It begins to pick up the fallen. It begins to pick up those that have been downtrodden as well. And guess what else it begins to do? Especially if you get many people on board with this. It begins to cause a revitalization of people, right? And now it begins to restore all of those good feelings back and believing that, man, you know what, man, can actually be good. Because a lot of times, I don't know about y'all, more times than not, when, when I'm affiliating or associating with someone, you know, I don't always have a positive feeling about them. Sometimes I don't trust them. Sometimes I think they're no good. Sometimes they're not dependable. They're not reliable. So it's important that we begin to start the process, and it can start with ourselves tonight, to begin to say, you know what? I'm going to begin to be more unselfish. I'm going to show some self-sacrifice. I'm going to begin to embrace that Christ mentality that the word talks about tonight. Because when we develop, when we embrace it, when we take on it, we begin that transition step in our lives. And it begins to smoothly get to the point where we was once selfish. Now, all of a sudden, we're unselfish. Now we're willing to give. Now we're willing to help. Now we're willing to assist. Now we're willing to meet needs. And we don't have to have anyone to uh, prompt us to do it. It's becoming a natural response because now our mindset and our attentions and our motives are focused on giving back and doing it in a positive manner as well. And we no longer have to look at it like we're giving up something grudgingly because a lot of times, you know, we, we get stingy a little bit with our possessions and what we have. And even when, you know, we give it, give it up, we don't do it as a cheerful giver. So, we have to understand that in this process of self-sacrifice, we got to get rid of what our, all of our personal agendas are. And we got to now focus on someone else and not ourselves. And when we do this in a proper way, we have to remember that first and foremost, in the very beginning, didn't God do that for us as well? And he does it each and every day, and he does it tirelessly all the time. So our rightful focus is important tonight to get to the point of recognizing that we are here to not only serve ourselves, but we're here to assist others. And we can work on that. We can build that up. If that's not our natural instinct in the beginning, we can develop that because in time, if we're embracing it, if we're working it, if we're doing it in a repetition fashion, eventually we're going to become better at it. We're going to become sharper. And guess what else? Our awareness level is going to pick up as well. It's going to get more elevated because now we're going to be able to recognize easily when we are supposed to be a blessing, when we are supposed to be a help to our fellow man. So identification comes as well and it becomes much clearer and you'll have better discernment whether or not, okay, is this the person or is this the family I'm supposed to be a blessing to or I'm supposed to do something for them. We have to develop that particular characteristic. But if we're in the process of going in the flow of real godly love that we're talking about tonight, when we just see the need of another person and then our goal is to simply meet it, you know what's going to happen? We're going to begin to showcase love to someone else that probably thought that nobody cared about them. So the mouths that we use, even the words that we say, it can easily show and express love. And a lot of people are looking for that. They're yearning for the love and we have it in us, but many times we keep it to ourselves because we don't have a natural intention to deliver it and to give it out. So it has to 
not only just be words, though. We, we understand that it also has to go beyond the words. It has to be something that we're active in. It's not like a once in a blue moon type of thing that we do. And, you know, we pat ourselves on the back and say, okay, I did that. And then also at the same time, we want everybody and a mama to give us credit for one little deed that we happen to do for someone else. But it got to be one of those things that we do it without looking for any recognition. It's something that we should be doing that's very smooth and easy. It should be very apparent about the type of person that we are, the giver or whatever we're extending in a positive manner to be uh, a blessing to someone else. And when we do it purely, right, when we do it in the right way, guess what? It confirms what our genuine love is. It now makes it factual in which it will be displayed because at the end of the day, it's the truth of who we really are. So our godliness, and that's why we gotta, it's important to build that up if we don't have it. It gotta be a pure thing in us. And it can't be masked by being fake, you know, giving off that perception that's not really our authentic reality. But if we really decide to live for God like we're supposed to, if we really give up ourselves and really live for him like we're supposed to, we won't have to perform and be fake to others because you know what's going to happen? We're going to already be true. We're going to already be real to what we really are. Because now, because we're in the flow of God and Christ, we're going to be a mirror to what Christ's example was all along. So that should be something that, if we're not there, if we're not in that place, if you feel like, well, you know, I, I don't naturally self-sacrifice uh, my needs to be a blessing, help to others. You know, that should be one of those things that we should be writing down that says that's a striving goal. That means that we may not be able to achieve it instantly, but throughout time, you know, I recognize that it's something that is weak and I want to strengthen back up. So it's okay if we're not quite there yet, but we have to understand, and the word actually should give us a motivation tonight to want to be better in that particular area, to want to be able to put ourselves in a more parallel place so we can be like Christ Jesus himself. So our life should be monitored by the words that we hear. That I, One of the things, you know, the many scriptures that I read from, you know, week to week, you know, our, our life should be monitored by the word of God. We should be aware of what our state of being is, and we should also always expose ourselves and try to gain truth and not being in denial of what we're not lined up with. So then we can work on where we are, and then we can get to the place where we're exactly supposed to be and also understand what our roles and responsibilities are and what to do, particularly in this particular topic I'm sharing tonight in regards to being uh, self-sacrificing and also being a blessing to others and not just simply ourselves. So what I wanted to do, I just wanted to share some points tonight that we can ponder, that we can think about, that we're talking about in this topic. The first thing I want us to think about is this, is that our love should model Jesus Christ himself. So in order for us to really live, and I'm talking about give in an unselfish manner, the thing that I've been talking about tonight, our way of being has to be an example of Christ specifically. So that means that in order for us to obtain that, we got to really commit ourselves to God. We got to resist any other way that is not in the harmony, not in the flow of God's purpose. And then the next step is that we got to place ourselves under the power of righteousness and love that will always then produce what? A spirit of helping, of caring for others as well. So a lot of what we happen to produce and that we're willing to do, you know that is predicated on what our guiding force is. What, are, what is the motivating factor? What is our intention? What is our desires? So as Christ is for us 
and he surely is, then you know what? We should, he should be in us. And then in turn, our love that we give to others, it will then reflect the result that Christ has offered to us as well. So we got to understand that we got to let our motivations, we got to let our intentions be inspired by Christ himself. So the second thing we need to keep in mind is this. We got to keep our hearts open. So that means that we should always have a desire to be concerned and care about other people, not just yourself, not just your mama, not just your dad, not just your brothers and sisters, just your media family, but to be open and receptive to caring for those that stand in the need, to not ignore someone else because it may not directly impact you or your family, for say, but to really consider that other person as a true brother, that as a true sister in Christ in your life, to not even let offenses, because sometimes we don't like certain people or they've done certain things to us. We allow those things when God has clearly called us to still be a blessing, to still do something on their behalf. We, we can't allow those offenses or those unflattering feelings that we have. And even though, you know, they may be justified and that's understandable, but we understand that if God has called us to be a blessing, to care for someone else, we can't let none of those things interfere with what a good heart desires to fulfill and meet at the end of the day. So we can't close our heart to the things that the heart leads us to connect to because we have to have that receptiveness at all times, no matter who it is, because you never know what God is going to do with you and, and how he wants you to um, give something to someone else. We got to have that willingness to be able to proceed no matter what with actions as it relate to being now led by the spirit to do something that's going to help someone that's going to benefit someone else. So the third point is this, is that don't delay the service that you can provide to someone else. So if God has led you to an individual, if he's led you to a family or even a stranger, because sometimes that happens too, right? They even may come to you and be a blessing to you as well. Whoever God has instructed you to act and uh, to do for, listen to the Holy Spirit tonight and then make sure you have the confidence in it and the faith to now say, you know what? I hear you, God. I'm prompted by it. You have supplied me to be able to deliver what I'm supposed to give and just simply just go do it. Don't hold on to it when you could have helped someone at that very moment. You know, time is very precious. Sometimes matters are urgent and the timing of delivering what someone needs as far as a solution fix, whatever you want to call it. You have to do it in the time frame that just you're prompted to proceed in. So it's important to understand that. So don't delay a blessing that, you know, God said that you were supposed to hand deliver, so to speak. So we got to make sure that in all that we do now, now it's very important to make sure that your prompting is God directed, making sure that there's a spiritual intent involved for you to know so that you will recognize it and you will know that it's simply a way that you're supposed to be in that position. You were called to do whatever you were supposed to deliver to give or to support another person. Tonight, you know, this is a challenge for all of us because I know Particularly nowadays, you know, it's not as easy to be able to identify those that stand in the need. You know, I know there's some con artists out there. I know there's some hustlers out there. And I'm talking about family members, too. You know, they're not exempt from it. Family, friends, strangers. And I know sometimes even, you know, people will rub you the wrong way. But we got to hear the challenge that's in the word of encouragement tonight, according to 1 John chapter 3, verse 16 through 18. It's an opportunity for us to have some self-realization tonight. How we compare to what God says 
we should be towards other people, regardless of our own personal feelings. So the question is, can we honestly tonight read this scripture or these scripture verses that I talked about? And can we really nod our heads to confirm what we are in relation to what first John chapter 3, 16, 17, 18 says? Do we have enough confidence to say, oh, I'm already walking in that. I'm already flowing in that. I'm already doing it in that. And I'm doing it with a, a pure heart and I'm doing it by being spiritually led. Can we really nod our head and prove and say that we're doing those things tonight? Or can we keep it real tonight and we can see, okay, all right, now that I hear you, I can see that I got some shortcomings. I can see that I may be weak in that area in regards to being able to recognize that I may not be the nicest person in the world, or I may not be the giver I'm supposed to be, or I may not extend the acts of kindness on a regular basis that I'm called to do. I may have some work internally that I have to do personally to now get to that place where I become an asset to others. And also at the same time, when I'm an asset to others, guess what I'm doing? I'm honoring the conduct in which God tells me to function in, and I'm doing it on a regular basis. It's a natural reaction now. So tonight, I want us to think about that tonight. Let us understand that in order for, for us to do that, we got to make sure we're connected with God and his way and his word. We got to connect with our purpose as well. And we got to really embrace and we got to really live out the meaning of what one aspect of real love is. And that's talking about self-sacrifice, being able to not only have it in us, but to allow it to pour out of us so that we can share it and that we can give it to others. And then at the end of the day, we're going to be a blessing to those that we were called to be a blessing to. So I'm going to repeat our scripture tonight. Once again, we came out of the book of first John chapter three, verse 16, 17 and 18. I'm going to read the NLT version again. It simply says this. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we see the example of the ultimate price of extending and showing very openly and very vividly what real love is as it pertains to Jesus Christ's love for mankind. And it also adds and says, so we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. Verse 17 says, if someone has enough money to live well and see a brother or sister in need, but shows no compassion, that means you're in the capability to be able to give to others. How can God's love be in that person? That's a question that many of us should ask ourselves and being very realistic and transparent about that. So finally, in verse 18, it says, Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other because a lot of people talk, a lot of people say, but the action never really follows up sometimes, does it? So and then it finally concludes and says, let us show the truth by our actions. And that's one of the greatest ways that we can show our genuine intent. And we hear it all the time. It's not what you say, it's what you do. And this is a perfect example of that tonight. So that's our words of encouragement tonight on the Primetime Power Show. Hope you've been blessed. I hope I gave you something to think about tonight. It's not a message to condemn you. It's just a, simply a message to kind of look at yourself sometimes, which is a wonderful thing because you can see your flaws. You can see your weaknesses. You can see some areas where you can improve in and grow. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. So we're going to take a break on the Primetime Power Show tonight. But in part two, I'm going to come back. Like I said, no part will create more tonight, so I'm going to pick up part two of Uplift today, and we're going to get back to our small business focus. Tonight, we're going to talk about ways to stay motivated as a small business owner. I'm going to lift up about five different particular topic areas. Also, I'm going to share some motivational quotes that can help you in regards to staying motivated as a small business owner, because we do understand that sometimes, you know, whether your business is getting slow or it's getting stagnant. Or, you know, you might be uninterested because you're not getting the progress 
and the uh, um, success that you thought you were, I'm going to share some ways that you can stay motivated during those particular times as a small business owner because it's important to not give up, particularly when it's something that was given to you in regards to being able to birth and it, it was a dream, it was an aspiration, and it also is something that's going to have eventual success. But sometimes in the preliminary processes, we have to remain patient and understand that we have to endure for a while before we see some change. We see that shift where things begin to escalate and elevate to levels that you expected in the beginning. So that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to take a break on the Primetime Power Show, live on Primetime Power Radio. We'll be right back in a few moments. The Primetime Power Show has advertising opportunities for your business or organization. We offer radio audio commercials, image text, and audio advertising on our website and on our social media pages. Live personality endorsements as well, much, much more. Learn more about our advertising options on our website at primetimepowershow.com slash advertise. Or you can email us a request for an advertising packet by sending it to advertise at primetimepowershow.com. Hey, be a part of the Primetime Power Show team and advertise with us. Just 
are listening right now live to the Primetime Power Show right here on PrimetimePowerShow.com. Keep it locked in. Primetime Power Show. Primetime Power Show is an online radio show that is broadcast weekly on PrimetimePowerShow.com and posted on other online media outlets such as Mixcloud. The views and opinions expressed by the different show guests and hosts that we broadcast are not necessarily views or opinions of the Primetime Power Show. We are an internet-only radio show. Therefore, we are not governed by the FCC or any other agency that we are able to play music and discuss topics of our choosing. We will respect and execute our programming accordingly and be mindful of others as our purpose is to uplift, inspire, encourage, and inform. Please contact the Primetime Power Show via email at feedback at primetimepowershow.com with any questions that you may have. Visit primetimepowershow.com for information about our show. Thank you. All right, and welcome back to the Primetime Power Show live on Primetime Power Radio, show number 248 on the TuneIn Radio app station, Primetime Power Radio, also streaming on PrimetimePowerShow.com as well as PrimetimePowerRadio.com. We're going to resume with our first segment, Uplift Today, but in part two, I'm going to go back to our small business tips. Tonight, we're going to talk about some ways to stay motivated as a small business owner. And this is one of the things that happen to a lot of small business owners. We face with a particular obstacle or obstacles they come our way, you know, and they challenge us. And sometimes it means that our business starts to slow down or things start to get stagnant where we're not getting any business at all. So when we're in this particular time and position in our business, sometimes those particular things, they can affect us, right, negatively. And a uh, post-effect of that is that sometimes we can lose our focus, sometimes we can lose our drive. But as an entrepreneur, we got to understand that we're going to be faced with challenges of every single magnitude. And even sometimes it can happen on a day-to-day basis, particularly in the areas, whether you have a product or service-based business. So, you know, it's hard to not feel powerless sometimes. It's hard to not feel scared sometimes, particularly if this is your only source of income when you put all your chips in on the table, so to speak, and this is actually your livelihood we're talking about. But understand the reason why you got into business in the first place is the number one thing, I hope, is because you wanted to be your own boss, and it ultimately is a rewarding experience. It's a lot of hard work despite all the challenges that may come our way as well. But there's always a time that we can look, right, for ways to remain motivated and inspired, particularly those that are, as I mentioned, in a state of slowness or things are not working out as you originally planned and as you intended. So what I wanted to do tonight, I just want to share some tips on how you, particular, I'm talking about the small business owner tonight, where you can find motivation, where you can begin to continue your work, and you can begin to foster this motivation that I'm talking about in your particular workplace, in your business, whether it's you personally or even your employees that, that you have as well. So this is a good way to really say, you know what? I'm in a state where I'm not as focused, I'm not as dedicated, I'm starting to lose faith a little bit. I just want to share some things to hopefully give you a bit of a recharge so that you can find that motivation that you once had, you know, whether you first started in the beginning stages when you were planning and setting everything up and you went off running, to get back to that point where you're not going to feel like you don't want to do it anymore or or you want to give up, but to understand 
where you are and where you need to, what you need to do in regards to pick yourself back up again. So the first thing I, you know, typically recommend is that, you know, you have customers. So talk to your customers. So the reason why I say that is because when you talk to your customers, that's one of the best ways that you can get expired. And not only does the customer feedback that you get from them be able to help you to find more ways to improve your business and what you do for them, but it also will create an ability for you to generate new ideas to reinvigorate your business as well. And also, it may give you some new business as well. It may be an existing client that you didn't check in for quite some time, and they may have a business need and you didn't know about it, but you did a check-in and you say, hey, how's things going? You know, How do you like our service? Is there anything that we can do for you? And all of a sudden, you engage in conversation, and they begin to share some of the areas where they have lack, and you may be the one that be in the perfect position to meet those needs. So it's important to reopen those channels, so to speak, to make sure that communication is there with, with your current customers that you have, because also, at the end of the day, always engage with your customers every so often. Always have those times that you check in because that's always considered and looked upon as a better customer experience at the end of the day. And one of the things about, um, you know, your positive customers, you know, they can give you reviews. They, they can uh, motivate you. They can let you know what you do and what you offer them is, is a good thing and that you're, you're being a help to them. So it's important to get that customer feedback. It's important to understand that not only are you receiving it, but Serve it as a daily reminder of the positive impact that you're making as a business owner on their business, whether it's business to business or, you know, or you're doing it, um, you know, business to customer, whatever relationship that you have. If you're offering something, you know, make sure that you're uh, regularly asking your customers about the best thing about what your business offer. You know, whether you're doing it through social media, because a lot of time businesses engage through social media, whether you're doing it through email or guess what? Actually go old school and pick up the phone and actually have a conversation and talk about it. So not only will this allow you to get reinvigorated as far as, you know, knowing, OK, when I'm doing my business customer, they appreciate what I offer out there. But also it also increases what's called customer engagement. And it gives you a chance to get to really know your customers, know what they want, know what they like. And also you'll be able to market to them better as well. You'll be able to use it in a strategic manner so that when you offer new products, new services, you already have an idea how to tell it specifically for them. So when you are trying to sell something new to them, you can customize it so it'll be more appealing. So the second thing is sometimes you have to set or renew the goals that you had in the first place. And so if you're feeling unmotivated at this particular time, sometimes it's, it's good to take a look back at the business plan. You know, take some time to evaluate what your current goals are. And if your goals are overwhelming you, they're, they're a bit too much, you know, it's always important to break them down into smaller milestones. Sometimes we can bite off far more than we can chew because we got all these big goals and all these huge aspirations, but we're not being realistic about it. And sometimes that's why we're having some failure. That's why we're not in the place that we're, we're supposed to be, or we're just too inactive and we have to get reactivated again in order to get to the place where we want to be in regards to reaching and meeting our goals. So it's important that if we have those big lofty goals and they may seem a bit too much, Break them down into smaller milestones, make them more approachable, 
make them more manageable and keep reevaluating. Don't stop that process. A lot of us will just do our business plan and we got our idea in regards to the product and services that we offer. We begin the implementation steps and we begin our advertising and you know developing what we do and all the other aspects that go along with a business. And we don't go back to reevaluate how our business is progressing how our goals, how we're meeting our goals, what percentage we're at, all of those things that we kind of neglect, especially if we're in the midst of actively working in the business. So it's important, though, that you stay motivated. And it's easier when you have smaller goals because when you accomplish smaller goals, you can cross that off your list, right? So be realistic in the goals that that you, you know, uh, list and make sure they're things that can be achievable and do it in smaller chunks if needed. So while you are in that process, since we're talking about goal setting, you got to remember that you have to align your goals with the necessary resources and the bandwidth you have. So that's important because a lot of times we can have and you can have some stretch goals. That's fine. Let me let me not say it in a way where you can't have any stretch goals that may extend beyond your capability. It's good to have those, but they shouldn't be the primary goals. They should be the goals that's kind of added on the list as a possible aspiration, so to speak, but it's not a committed relationship, committed goal in the beginning. So the whole matter of this is that you got to be realistic about what you, what you are capable of accomplishing in regards to what it requires, the work I'm talking about to get things done for your customers and for your business. And you got to do it and realistic blocks of time. What What's feasible, what's manageable, what actually can be completed. So that's why it's important to have calendars um, because they keep you on track. And in this case, you know, you should use what's called a marketing calendar because then you have the ability to be able to plan out your yearly marketing based on your goals. And then you'll already have a plan in place. And remember doing it in smaller chunks and not one big gigantic thing. You may have one big objective, but you may have other key results that you want to accomplish and get done and making sure you're noting those things. And then one at a time, being able to work on them, staying focused on it, not being all over the place, and then being able to actually succeed and then be able to go to the next one. So the third thing is this, you want to reflect on why you started your business in the first place. Sometimes you got to do that because when you're in the midst of some struggle, you know, and when you're in the midst of feeling like you want to give up, the way you can stay motivated in your particular business venture is you could take a step back and look at the big picture. You can say, you know what? Why did I start this in the first place? What, what motivated me to do this? Why am I doing this? Because sometimes we got to remind ourselves because we dwell on the negativity and we forget why we were inspired initially in the first place to start the business. So it's important to look back where you started from you know that's a good way to be able to remind yourself of how far along you came because a lot of time that's important because you can see your baby steps initially and then you can see depending on how long you've been in business you can see the progression and the development and you know one great example is the primetime power show i remember how show number one sounded I remember what what type of equipment we had. I remember what type of content that we were delivering. But in time, we begin to, you know, improve in the craft and we begin to add more technology and all the other elements and items that was needed to develop a quality show. So it's good sometimes to be able to measure how much you already accomplished because then you can seek the inspiration even in those downward times when you're not feeling so inspired 
to be able to motivate you to say, you know what? Look how far I came. Look, look, look at, look, look, I can literally look around and see the progress. I can see the development. I can see the growth. I, I can see all the things that says to me, you know what? Now I remember why I did this in the first place, why I started on this journey. And now I understand that I can have success because I already see progress all around me. So it's important to think about why you started your business in the first place. It may have been because of a, uh, you know, you had an effective motivational strategy um, from a business owner, someone shared from you, or you were inspired by a book or or, you know, some, some type of mentor, whatever it was. But it's important that you ask yourself, what motivated you to start the business in the first place? And, and then also the next step is make sure if you're not there, getting back to the heart of why you started your business, that sometimes can help you to be motivated again to now keep going. When you wanted to just stop or take a break or whatever you want to call it, now understanding why you did it in the first place and also seeing the progress that can actually say, you know what? All right, I'm a little tired. I'm a little weary, but I don't want to give up. I'm going to keep going forward because now I remember again why I embarked on this in the first place. So the, the fourth thing is this. You want to make sure that you seek business inspirations from your peers. And a lot of us, if you're an entrepreneur, you know somebody else that has a business. You know, you're networking with entrepreneurs and small business owners, and you know, you can talk to them, and you know, it can be an invaluable support system. And a lot of times, you know, I get the opportunity once in a while to talk to other entrepreneurs, and they talk about not only you know the struggles that they're going through, but they also talk about you know the things that they implemented, technology that they use, you know, what, what their philosophies are in relation to uh, dealing and working with customers. You know, you can give each other advice, you can give each other feedback. And it's also very encouraging to hear that you're not alone in your challenges, because I'm going to tell you right now, you may think you're by yourself struggling in some areas of your business. You might think, oh, okay, this area I'm doing is too saturated. It just dried up. But you'll recognize that other business owners may have the same challenge. And one conversation with both of you, and you don't have to be doing the same thing all the time. Also, you know, I know sometimes people are a little iffy about having conversations with other, you know, entrepreneurs and business owners that do the same thing. But it's important that you you talk about some things, and especially when you're having some struggles, you're having some challenges, because when you join together with, uh, you know, other small businesses, you know, you can brainstorm, you, you can talk about some ideas and suggestions or throw out some things and get some feedback and see whether or not it's realistic to test out and implement later on. So it's important, even if you don't really know anybody, there's a lot of small business owner organizations out there, associations, uh, there's meetups, particularly if you look on social media now, you know, the hashtags, you can find businesses, business owners coming together to empower each other, or you can go to network events that's a big thing that goes on a lot nowadays too and then if you didn't have connection or even linkedin linkedin is a great tool online tool to be able to build your connections if you don't have any i know when i was on LinkedIn, i wasn't looking for anybody i was just creating my business profile you know kind of put my businesses out there what i do in relation to what i offer and then next thing you know you get this invite, you get that invite, and then people, you know, want to find out more about you or they may can help you with a service and you can help them with a service. And then all of a sudden you're bartering and then you're networking and then you build relationships and then you're learning and you're sharing knowledge. And, you know, you got but you got to be proactive in seeking some business inspiration, whether you're getting it from individuals, whether it's information from the Internet, whether you're reading books, however you want to go about it. You know, it's, it's helpful 
to also, you know, read about successful entrepreneurs and understand that even the big boys has had some challenges that they had to face when they were building their business. I know it doesn't look like it now because, you know, if they're big like Amazon and Walmart and Microsoft, we can go on and on in regards to the successful business stories. And at one point, a lot of them was either started in the garage and they started slow and they struggled. Uh, people didn't believe in them. And, you know, some of those stories are some of the best success stories that you can find, but they had great challenges in the beginning. So that tells you right there that you can overcome. So there's, you know, biographies out there, success stories that you can find. There's a lot of famous entrepreneurs that has shared their story in regards to what it, what it took to kickstart their small business, what motivated them to hang on to it despite the challenges, and to eventually break free and have great success. So the uh, last thing I wanted to talk about tonight is this. Um, it's important to think about your business impact in your particular community as well. Sometimes we stay in our four walls or whatever you want to call it. Uh, we think about our own personal business effect in regards to revenue and what it does for us. But it's also sometimes important to think outside of yourself. Think about your business effect in the particular community that you serve in and how valuable your particular contribution can be. You know, small businesses have provided um, many, many jobs in the United States. It represents almost all of employers, you know, in, and particularly in the United States. So, you know, think about your business as a catalyst for positive change, particularly if you're offering services that meets a particular need of people that, that is in high demand. Um, you know, understand and know what your impact is in your community. And it may be even bigger than what you even can imagine. So sometimes it's not just solely about the profits that you make, but also it can also be seen and viewed as how is your business being reflected? What impact positively it's having on the community that your business dwell in? So it's important to make sure that, you know, there's statistics out there that you can look up in regards to what small business impact has on the United States alone in particular. So what I wanted to do to uh, wrap up, I just wanted to share some inspirational business quotes from some of the uh, small business owners out there or individuals that have shared some words of motivation that can help you in relation to Getting recharged, re-inspired, particularly when you're having some challenges, particularly when you're dealing with struggle and you just need a motivation. You just need to be picked back up again so you can resume into the, into the uh, endeavor that you started out in the beginning. And then Nelson Mandela said, it always seems impossible until it's done. And Bill Gates said, your most unhappy customers are your greatest source of learning. And Thomas Edison said, I have not failed I just found 10,000 ways that won't work. And Roy Ash said, an entrepreneur tends to bite off a little more than he can chew, hoping he'll quickly learn how to chew it. Winston Churchill said, a pessimist seen, sees the difficulty in every opportunity. An optimist sees opportunity in every difficulty. Richard Branson said, a business has to be evolving. It has to be fun and it has to exercise your creative instincts. Tommy Watson said, to be successful, you have to have your heart in your business and your business in your heart. And finally, William Durant said, forget past mistakes, forget failures, forget everything except what you're going to do now and make sure that you do it. So that's our, that's our small business tips in relation to ways to stay motivated as a small business owner. So if you're out there, and trust me, a lot of us has been out there, especially when you started particularly small, especially when you didn't have a lot of capital and you're kind of doing things as a one-man team or one, one, man, one man or one woman. Remember that even in times when we see that we're struggling 
and that we begin to lose our focus and drive. Remember, there's many different ways that I talked about that you can motivate yourself and remember the reason and purpose that you started your business in the first place and tap back into that and do the things that's needed because sometimes we got to be real with ourselves. Sometimes we may be poor at certain areas that it's beyond just motivation, but making sure we identify what we need to do, being proactive in it and taking the necessary steps and then showing ourselves that we can achieve and that we can have success that we um, try to pursue and try to go for in the first place. So that's going to do it for my segment tonight on the Primetime Power Show. Coming up next is From a Woman's Perspective with Christina Williams. She's going to talk about a great topic that uh, many of us should think about and reflect about. That's what's coming up on the Primetime Power Show. On the other side, we're going to take a break, but we'll be right back. Today is a new day, forget about the drama from yesterday, frustration don't pay, cast all the negative things away, see everything got lighter, after I pray, and I say God, just go ahead, do your thing, cause I'm not the same woman I was yesterday, no, no. I'm real good today, this is the day that the Lord has made, and put a smile on my face, and know that everything's gonna be okay.
Hey, welcome back to the Primetime Power Show. This is yours truly, Christina Williams, and the segment is From a Woman's Perspective. Listen, before I get started, I want to do some shout outs here. I want to shout out to my 1970 graduates from John Bartram High School. I need you to inbox me to let me know if you're interested in being part of a planning committee for our 50th uh, reunion. The other thing that I want to do is I want to shout out to all the ladies that um, that traveled with me um, to Egypt. We were in um, Pumps and Passports is the group, is the social group that went. And I had a great time. And I'm hoping they're listening because um, the topic tonight is going to talk a little bit about um, the important elements of life and the after vacation thoughts. Now, um, actually, you know, when I, when I said that I was going to go to Egypt, my thought was that I was going to be in an all exclusive hotel and sit by the, uh, but the pool for a little bit and then go in the Red Sea and, um, and then, um, do a little bit of traveling down the Nile, which I did all of them, but I didn't know it was going to be such a rigorous, um, schedule that we were on. But in any case, um, when I got there, it was, um, a culture shock for me and it was nothing like what I um, anticipated to look like. Now I know about the pyramids and the sand and, and all that kind of stuff. And we all learned about that in school. And if we haven't, we learned about it in the church and any of you that have studied the Bible, the biblical biblical teachings um, that I saw some wonderful uh, artifacts and some things about where Jesus was and some alabaster boxes and all this kind of stuff. But that's not what I want to talk about this evening. I want to talk a little bit about the culture uh, in Egypt, even though there is a diversity there and it's a third world country there are some interesting aspects of survival. There are some interesting aspects on the elements of life um, in the desert, uh, should I say. So we went to, to uh, several places, and one of the places we went to was the urban village. And so in the urban village, the people look like me, hair like me, talk like me, um, and had conversations like me. But the issue for me is when I went to Cairo, it was um, the uh, buildings and, and seeing people cook bread outside because it's so hot. And then, um, and not only that, yet you see people that are smiling. You see people that are overpowering you to buy some artifacts that they have either brought, stole, or made themselves so that they could survive. I mean, you really want to help everybody that you see, especially the children that are working. And then on that aspect, when I got home and I looked around and I'm saying, you know, we identify the ghetto, we identify homelessness, we identify um, with the violence, and we um, identify with all those uh, negative things. Yet, when I was over in Egypt, what I did not hear is homicide rates that was high. I didn't hear about people killing each other. And these people are living in... Um, in conditions that the uh, city of Philadelphia or our mayor would say that we have to get everybody off the street and put them into a facility because it's too hot outside. Well, at 105 and 110 um, out there, people are still out there in the street doing their business. Their children are still walking around trying to sell their artifacts. The people are still doing what they need to do. No air conditioned. I'm not talking about 
about air conditioners and I'm not even talking about fans. I'm talking about these people are surviving in the desert um, where water costs, where you can't go and get a bottle of water. Now, wine and beer is free, but water you have to pay for. I couldn't even brush my teeth with the water over there. I had to buy a bottle of water or a bottle of water was given to me so that I can brush my teeth. There are security that follows you everywhere that you go. There are checkpoints everywhere. So when I got back in Philadelphia, I said to myself, oh, how spoiled are we? Oh, how inconsiderate are we? Oh, how we don't have the value of life because we're not really struggling. So we are a rich nation and it just took that trip for me to understand that we are not a third world country. We are not in a predicament where people are surviving so we can survive. And I know it's hot here and I know it's 100 degrees and I know that uh, the humidity is high. But the issue for me is that I was in 100 and something degree uh, weather and still walked over to the pyramids. You know why? Because I wanted to do it. You know why we're going to survive this heat here? Because we want to do it. But what they don't have is they don't have welfare. They don't have food stamps. They don't have a discount on the water bill. They don't have a discount on your electric bill. They don't have all these things that if you are not working, they're helping you find a job. They have to go out and survive for themselves. So the question for me is that how is um how is what are the important elements for myself and for us here in the united states what's the important elements of life is it materialistic things is it things that's going to make us comfortable or is it things of survival because you know what in the end at the end of the day it's the survival of the fittest whether we're over in egypt or we're here so i just wanted to to kind of share a little bit about um, what it is that I experienced, how I experienced it, um, how there was no let, how I am suffering from jet lag that I don't want to uh, complain about. But I want to let you know that it's very, very, very important that you appreciate what God is doing for you here in the United States in terms of if you're homeless, you're homeless. And if the weather is hot and the weather is too cold, guess what? The government makes sure that you have shelter. They make sure that you have something to eat they have shelters for um, moms with children but here in Egypt people are sleeping um, outside or the buildings look like our condemned buildings and people are actually living in there where the door is a curtain and so I'm just saying to you that you we are so blessed and what it is that we have to do um, and how we're living that we should not ever complain you know um, and then I was looking um at Facebook in the morning because you know I'm still on that time zone there I'm getting a little better so I wake up like two and three o'clock in the morning it's a six hours difference so really it's like late in the um in the morning or early afternoon so I was looking at Facebook and um I saw all of our postings um the churches say that we you know we need to pray for this we need to pray for that we're you know you're in hard times let God know and uh praise him even when we're having a hard time and and doing all and and all that we do we give him praise and but the reality of it is you know what we're not really suffering so we really are not we're having selfish prayers 
So we need to be praying for our brothers and sisters in those third world countries. We need to be praying that their lives, instead of praying that I pray, our prayer, that's what I call it. It's the I prayer. I need this. I hope that um, um, bless uh, the family. Um, I'm going through a situation. I don't know where my next meal is going to come from. I don't know how I'm going to pay my rent. I don't know, but we have opportunities to know. We have opportunities that have passed us by and we have not even looked at it. So I'm just, you know, I'm just in awe of those um, over there. Now I had a great time with those and there's such a diversity over there. It's not like um, people from the United States don't go there for vacation because it's a beautiful place with no color. So everything is um, organic. Everything is natural from the foods that you eat to the paint that you use um, to paint things. The, um, they use plants to um, create colors. They use um, they have this plant that they use. I got this wonderful um a picture done for my family tree but it is um uh, made out of a plant and they showed us how they make it so they don't cut down trees you know why because there are no trees uh in the desert isn't that right not unless they are false so there are some great things that i learned um in terms of my living and in terms of the importance of the elements of life here for me and this was the aftermath of what i considered a vacation um well it wasn't a vacation it was almost like an educational tour because it was not a vacation i thought it was going to be a vacation me and my little selfish self wanted to be in the all-exclusive hotel and lay by the beach and then go um to the red sea so i went to the red sea and as i was reflecting uh the red sea when the sun was going down is that um um laying out there is a beautiful wonderful place but i understand that it was not so uh calm and peaceful when moses was trying to get us across to the other side and he had the part the red sea so it was exciting i brought some sand back they allowed me to do that i got some water um from the uh, red sea because it was cleansing but when you get into the red sea you know let me just tell you this about me i have many bathing suits but very few of them have gotten wet you know why because i don't like the um to go in the water and the ocean and the and the sea and and all that kind of stuff but who has been in the sea who has actually walked in the sea i'm not talking about the ocean like atlantic city and ocean city and those i'm talking about the sea and to see how clear it is the other part of the trip which was exciting for me was the trip going down the nile and i learned um, about the nile river and um how many people think that the nile river is the largest river river in the um in the world what about you you think it's the largest i thought so no nah. It's not. Oh, okay. It's been a while since I've been in school. I'm going to just put that disclaimer out there. <laughs> well, back to biblically, you. biblically, you should know um, the Red Sea, I mean, the uh, Nile River is the longest, but it's not the largest. The Amazon River is the largest river. And so that was an exciting thing for me to learn and I could bring back to you. So somebody... Um, Somebody didn't know, just like I didn't know. Uh, and we think that we are attuned to what's going on back in those days. Mm-hmm. The other exciting part that I saw is I saw where um, where Joseph and Mary uh, did their travels to um, 
well, what we call uh, Bethlehem and stuff now, but it is definitely in Egypt. And so I saw where they stayed and where they laid um, Jesus at. I have some wonderful pictures I'm going to put on uh, Facebook, too, so you can see it. And then the well and how they washed um, Jesus in the well, how they lowered him down in um, like a basket so he could get wet in the well. You know how deep a well is. And they... Um, put him down there and then brought him up of course he was uh wet and and everything so i saw that part i saw some pillars uh the uh 24 pillars for the 24 uh areas and um so it was just an exciting thing but out of, out of all of that all out of all the important historical factors that is hidden in our third world countries that really validates what the Bible says and really validates what it is. When I saw um, um, replicas that's on the wall, they call it graffiti, the graffiti and stuff that was on the wall. Guess what color those people were? My color. They were my people. They look like us. And so Cleopatra did not look like Liz Taylor. And neither did Nefertiti. And there were some uh, kings and some. The only thing that I had a, a little problem with was all these gods that they <laughs> that they had. They had all these um, gods, but the biggest god that we know uh, is the ones that um, the one that uh, we worship. So I'm just I was just so excited. I had another topic to do, but as I laid around and I, I was there for ten days and found out um, that. Um, that my life is definitely one of privilege and so are yours. If you're here in the United States and you hear my voice, we have a life of privilege here. And so the things that we um, argue about and the things that we talk about are really small things compared to uh, living in a desert or living in a country where um, nothing is promised to you and you have to work for everything that you have. Um, I just want to also give a shout out to um, our security people that took care of us the whole time on our um, trip. They were with us from the time that we left the hotels until the time that we came back to the hotels. And that was very um, that was very exciting and it was very hot and they wore suits. <laughs> they weren't in short sleeves and things like us. So. I was excited about that. I was excited to learn a little bit about the Jewish religion to know uh, on the Jewish religion on the side of uh, Jesus and um, the Hebrews and who was in Egypt first and who left Egypt and all of these um, very important things. So I'm doing some more studying on Egypt thanks to um, my guide that we had. That was very nice and very exciting to um, be around. And he was with us 24-7. So we were a, we were just very privileged in there. We thought we were movie stars because we had all the security and stuff with us. So I really appreciate uh, the security and stuff over there. Even though there was not uh, any danger, we didn't see any replicas of, of danger or anything like that. But it's the fact that they took care of us so well. Um and so, if you have any questions for me, give me a call, 610-574-0513. Those of you that looked at my Facebook page, you'll see that I was very excited about um, climbing up on that camel and riding that camel. And that was an exciting uh, thing for me because I didn't know it was going to be that far up in the air. 
um, and being able to ride them in the desert. That was um, an exciting time for me, too. Then I told you that I went to the urban village. In the urban village, what they do is they um, raise crack um, alligators. And so I got the opportunity to hold uh, a baby alligator and um, and dance with um, the natives of the village. It was just very a very exciting part. I'm also going to put that on my Facebook. I need you to kind of stay tuned for my Facebook. It's under Christina Williams Griff. I mean, I'm sorry, Christina Griffin Williams. I want you to look at it because I want you to see um, what I'm talking about today. Make sure you tag the Primetime Power Show page. Not a pro- all the time. There you go. All the time. And so it would have been very it'd have been very nice to put um if we could do a live broadcast from the Primetime Power Show um there. But what I wanted to do, Mr. Producer, is I wanted to get my guide. He said that uh if we could find a way of internationally interviewing him. Oh, that'd be some, great. Yeah, about some of the pyramids and some of the historical uh stuff that um that we saw there. Yeah, so we'll have to work out the time zone and see where he is and if he's willing to come on when we broadcast. Yeah, he, he's yeah. very interested in it, um, and I don't know what the international um, Yeah, we can look it up. Yeah, yeah, we'll look it up. So that, that would be um, very good, and, um, and I'm, I'm thinking that um, we can talk a little bit about um, even the uh, – we went to a religious tour, of course, and so we saw the synagogues and all that kind of stuff. And the churches, there is no Baptist, there is no Methodist, there is no Orthodox. There, they are um, followers of Christ. And so that was exciting to know. And so was our tour guide. So that was exciting because, you know, uh, most of the country over there is Muslim. And so it wasn't always like that. But it is uh, it's a whole history behind that, too. So I learned some of the uh, Islamic laws and some of the uh pyramids where they um where they are where some of the ancestors and and stuff are so i'm excited about that and i've been posting pictures i'm going to post some other pictures so what i need you to do for me right now i need you to call 610-574-0513 and share some of your um uh, some of your questions or some of your ideas with me. We're going to go for a break right now. And when I come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about what we can do. Here. You are now listening to Primetime Power Radio featuring talk, inspirational music, and the Primetime Power Show. <laughs>
Hey, welcome back. This is Empress Christina Williams, and this is the <laughs> this is the segment from a woman's perspective, and it's yours truly, Empress Christina Williams. And on the line, guess who we had? We have Earthquake Moore, Paul Earthquake Moore. He could not stay away. He just had to ask me some questions, and so Earthquake, you there? Well, well, I'm yeah, I'm here. It's an honor to talk to you. My first thing, like you said, the, the jet lag and, and the, uh, the thing six hours different and maybe more. Now, you had mentioned that, you know, you, there's a lot of sites over there as far as sites uh, uh, and stuff like that. Now, did, you went to the tomb where Jesus was buried, where they buried him at. Was that the original one or was that one? They, they speculate on that one. Is that the, the actual one? Yeah, they're, they're the actual ones. Now, some some of the tombs uh, have been uh, destroyed. Uh, not destroyed, but have been. Yeah, some of it was destroyed by uh, the water rising up, like from the Red Sea and stuff. Um, so they had to move it uh, someplace. But they are the original artifacts. So okay. I, So the mummy is in the tomb. They had the uh, tomb up, and you can see the mummy in the middle. Okay. Yeah, I, what, I what, have a picture of it. What's so memorable to you that's going to stick with you the rest of your life when you was there? What is the one thing that will stick with you? I think the the, the one thing for me is that um, how privileged uh, we are here um, and how I am uh, and how we are so blessed to um, mm-hmm. to be living in the United States and to not have to live in the conditions that those people are living in. The Egyptians are and the other people that are living there um, are living under. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You, you do like, you do a lot of sightseeing and tours and stuff like that. Yeah. They have their Bible. Is it Muslims over there too? Well, yeah. M- uh, most of the, especially in Cairo, most of the people are uh, of Islam faith. So how, how is America welcome over there? You know, you hear so much propaganda on TV, the president talking with them and blah, 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 blah. But how 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 is there a a means of uh, talking to people? Are they are they nice? Are they just like us? I mean, regular people, no crime here, no this. But I mean, how's it over there? Because I know it's hot as hell. Yeah, the hell's hot as hell. Yeah, I don't know. Cause listen here, it was running the race. Um, with it, but the the issue is that the people are as if they are not suffering. So I'm saying they're suffering from okay. my perspective, but they are living mm-hmm. their best life. I guess um, they are. There is no. Um, I didn't hear anyone ever complain about their conditions over there. Now, one question was that someone asked me is that he said, "Well, listen, um, can I ask you a personal question?" I was like, "Yes." He said, how did you, how did the United States vote your president in? <laughs> I was like, oh my God, wow. over here, I have to hear so it over did, here. So how did you answer that? So the world, I said, we have a democratic process. <laughs> smart <laughs> move, smart move, I like that. They, you're good. That was a good, they tried to set you up with one. Yeah, uh, they, they are very, very um, disillusioned with our um, mm-hmm. president in terms of saying, guess what? Uh, I mean, they, they was calling them kind of some kind of bad kind of names. And, you know, I'm like, oh, wow, really? Uh-huh. All the way over here? And the, thir- and the issue is that their president, the, the ex-president that they had uh, was not very much better than ours, but he died. He had died a couple of weeks before I got there. 
and so there was oh, you wow. know there was extra security but they really didn't have the to have extra security but guess what this is the this is the uh, the other part i went into the square where the rumors uh-huh. where the rumors are that um Hussein's head is buried there so uh-huh. every year they have a um a festival to celebrate that mm-hmm. he's not there and the fact that the um um, that the head and it's the lady that bought the head. So there's a story behind that too, that bought the head, the um, the head of Hussein, um, in the square, and so it's it's buried in this church. So anyway, okay. so that that was that was exciting. So, so what I, would you recommend uh, a prime time talk for listeners? You said a prime time talk for listeners that listen tune tune into us constantly every week. Well, how would how would you rate that? Run over Egypt, and how would you recommend that to, to everybody want to visit that, or should, is it an experience or something everybody should visit if they have to lose the fun? I think that I think this. I think that um, if you are going to visit, you need to prepare yourself um, to go there because it's very hot, and then on the other side is very dry, um, and then the, okay. on the other side is that a lot of your food that you have over here is not there. And so you're okay. going to have to get cu- accustomed to um, feeding off of uh, chicken and fish. Um, that's most okay. of, w- of what they have. The, and, and they only have um, a couple of vegetables. And I think that that was just because we were in an exclusive restaurant, but it was cucumbers, tomatoes, um, red onions, um, is okay. their major thing. They didn't have very much like stream beans and stuff like that. They don't have very much because that doesn't grow in the desert. Have you seen, now, here, here, here's, here's another question. Have you seen people, because I think it took that to the tourist, the tourist uh, part of it. But is it, was there any forbidden, you're not allowed to go over there. You're not allowed to stay there. You're not allowed, you know. What was the rules and guidelines for you when you got there? Because I know they, they said it, you took the tour. Some things you couldn't say, some things really answer. What was some of them? No, it was it was it was very uh, open. Um, we went to um, most of the pyramids, and um, just okay. and a few of the tombs, and of course we went to some uh, the synagogues and the mosques and um, uh, the Christian church, and and learned some history about that. But overall, people weren't allowed. People didn't get very close to us in terms of mm-hmm. um, having conversations. Now they were, we call them vendors, but they were people mm-hmm. that were um, panhandling whatever it is that they had. And they were allowed to get close enough to panhandle that, but not enough to touch you. Like they couldn't touch you and they could not. Um, and they had to have something in their hand when they got close to you. So we had really? security in the yeah. front of us. Yeah. We had security okay. in the front of us and security in the back of us. And then we had the police. Um, so it was a so it was a lot. Y'all had a lot of security around y'all. Basically, you didn't know, but the tribe was around. No, we knew. We knew they had armed guards uh-huh. on our bus. We had an armed guard on our bus at all times, and then we had one in front and one on back. And before we arrived, there would be um, armed police officers there to get us off the mm-hmm. bus, just to get us off the bus. And then the security took um, over from there. Okay, but they greeted y'all very. They greeted y'all very well there. Now, have you have you have you met any high profile figure while you're over there? I mean, actually came and talk to y'all. Just 
your normal tourist people. Well, you would never see the high-profile people there only because of the unrest, the civil unrest. So you would never see them like there is not a street to walk down. You know what I mean? Everything is like um, it's almost like South Street. You remember South Street? You know what South Street? Not South Street. I'm sorry, Ninth Street. You know what Ninth Street used to look like? It looks like that with sand, except for the building. Buildings are dilapidated. Um, have you ever been down to, um, where was it, road down where homeless people uh, stayed? You see these uh, buildings where the yep. front is gone. Well, that's the primary right. buildings. That's the primary buildings. That's what it looks like in the city of okay. Cairo. Um, and when you go out further, of course, you have some, um, you have one or two uh luxurious hotels and stuff like that um, where people well, that I, do their visits there. Well, I, w- I just want to say thank you. For sharing that moment with the primetime power show that you can afford to go to Egypt and you look back in the hood and you're really drinking cold water. But we like, I'd like to say thank you on behalf of the primetime power show and yourself and all our staff for giving us the insight and, and encouraging people to take that tour. Yeah, my last question is the Campbell. Uh-huh. I, I, I can't let the Campbell go because I think the Campbell leg is probably hurting right now. So did you enjoy the ride? It was a very comfortable ride. It's, okay. uh, listen, the com- the camel is very I tall. I didn't get that picture. I didn't see that picture on there. The camel is very tall. It had to lay down okay. for me to get um, up on it, and then when it stood up, it stands up from the hind feet first. And so okay. now, you know, so then you're on an angle, like you're gonna fall off, and then you know he'll come up uh, on. But the camels were pretty nice. It was a it was a really good ride. Um, I had a good time. You did, and you did have a good experience. That's good. Again, I'd like to thank you for sharing the content, how you experience in Egypt. And, you know, one question. Did they show anything of Jesus as far as artifact-type tools, like spoons, forks, knives, or clothing? Did they show you anything that this is what he used back then, or they didn't have none of that? Yeah, we we saw all of that, all the jewelry that they wore, the sandals that the men wore on their feet, and the sandals that the, the women wore, the actual um, artifacts were there. Yeah, I have some pictures of that, too. So, was, was, I, there, was, there, was there any remnants from the cross there? I mean, a piece of it or anything dirt that kind of time, no? Say it again. Was there any variants of, like, you know, when Jesus, when, you know, when he took him uh, to God, was, was, was there any, like, dirt or anything that had, like, like, or this is some of the soil that, you know, we, we can walk up that hill. Soil or anything, uh, remnants, like a piece of the cross. I mean, like a piece, a piece of that wood. Or did they show that wood that he was buried? Like, you know, how, that tree, what kind of tree it was? Everything was there. Um, basically, um, let me say this because I'm getting ready to end up in my segment so that um, I don't want to go over so that the reverend doctor will be able to do his. But when we went into the Christian um, churches, the, they had pillars for the 12 disciples. Each one of the disciples had a cross at the top of the of their pillar, except for Judas, mm-hmm. except for Judas. He didn't have one. Okay. So they had the pillars. They had all the uh, the pillars and stuff. And then we had to walk. Okay. Then in that natural church, we had to walk down these narrow, these little narrow brick steps to go down to where Jesus and them stayed because they stayed almost underground, you know, because it was hot. It was so hot. Okay. So when we when you okay. look at the barn and the stable and all that kind of stuff, uh, uh-uh. this was um, the, mm-hmm. the hotel that they went in was actually they had to go down underneath mm-hmm. to go there. So we saw the churches built on top of it. So we went down there. So I saw Jesus bed. 
I saw all of his um, the well that they washed in uh, is is mm-hmm. one of them. It is just it's just amazing. Um, and and guess okay. what it does? It helps you with your biblical um, understanding of when you read the Bible and they tell the story um, to see it. To see it is to believe it and to see that the artifacts on the wall or the graffiti on the wall are painted in the color that I am. Well, maybe not me, but maybe your color. So it is okay. not not you either, Mr. Producer. OK, yeah. so um, so I'm on, on that note, break, I thank you so much for calling and, and giving me some questions and stuff, because that's something that I might have forgotten that is important. OK. So no, I, think, I want to say, I want to say uh, again, thank you for the opportunity to allow me to talk. Thank you, Reverend May. And do the, do the, do the uh, Campbell have any alcohol for his ankle? I'm out and thank you very much. You know, I'm going to bless you anyway, okay? <laughs> okay, peace. <laughs> now, hey, everyone, listen, this is um, Empress Christina Williams, and I'm getting ready to end my segment, and I'm going to introduce Reverend Pendleton. Did you want to say something to me? Okay, Reverend Pendleton, so he can come back. And thank you, Earthquake. Oh, yeah. And thank you, Earthquake, for calling and giving us your um, uh, some of your opinions and some of your questions. So after a quick break, the next person you will hear is the Reverend Dr. Pendleton.
show and i'm certainly hoping that you're doing well tonight and we're going to try to close out this segment giving you a final thought on something that comes out of the book of ecclesiastes i want to read first of all verse let's see ecclesiastes chapter three that's that hidden little book back there after proverbs but one of the books of solomon in fact uh the thing that makes this book so unique is that he was the man of wisdom but then when you look at the Song of Solomon in his old age, he kind of began to change his perspective. But he says to us in chapter 3, verse 1, To everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. And, and so I, I wanted to title this, Some Things Have to Change. And so Solomon helps us to realize that change is a, one of those factors in life that you and I have to do. We have to learn to deal with it. And here as research, you know, as a a matter of fact, Solomon observed that there is a predetermined season for everything. And he came to the conclusion that it was a fixed time for everything that happens. You know, we we call it cause and effect. And, and, And so it's believed that God has programmed every activity into this gigantic computer of his. And and listen to this. Even the saying, que sera, sera, is pretty accurate what will be will be how about that and simple as that it means that history is filled with a cycle of patterns 
And these reoccur with unchangeable regularity. Things happen and they continue to happen in a sequence of events. And so it is with our lives. Our lives are are predetermined by God and there are going to be things that will happen in a series of events that have been established. Listen to what the Bible tells us again in Ecclesiastes 1, 5 to 7. The sun also rises and the sun goes down and hastens to the place where it arose. The wind goes towards the south and turns around to the north. The wind whirls about continually and comes again on its circuit. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full to the place from which the rivers came there they returned again now, that is one marvel of science can you realize how all of the rivers and the tributaries pour back into the ocean yet the ocean never overruns until a storm comes and the winds blow the tides inland isn't that amazing and so so this tells us that Man is locked into a pattern of behavior which is determined by certain inflexible laws and principles and we are slaves of inevitable change. Matter of fact, change is inevitable in life. So one of the most difficult things that you and I have to adjust to in life is change. And so we have to learn to embrace God-ordained change. And how do we embrace God-ordained change? And so I, I, I really believe that um, you've probably come across people who are having a hard time adjusting. Um, I talked to a person uh, who was telling me how their significant other came home one day in this two-door sports car. And the car was so small that only two could sit in it. And he didn't want her to put groceries in it. And she was like, why would you buy a car? But first of all, why would you buy this car at your age? And you can't use it. And you don't want me to put groceries in it. And, and you know, and I was kind of holding my laugh because it reminded me of this message. Sometimes we have a hard time with this thing called change. Uh, but nevertheless, change is coming in all of our lives. And God allows change to happen in our lives for many reasons. So we want to look at the positive bright side of why, from a biblical perspective, you and I need to embrace change in our lives. The things that happen, the things that come over the horizon that we have no control over. But how we endure our change will make a matter uh, of a difference in our lives. And so... The first thing I really think is important for you and I to remember, if we're going to embrace God-ordained change, and when I say God-ordained change, things that God in his sovereignty will allow to happen to you. God will allow you to get laid off on a Monday morning. God will allow your house to catch on fire. God will allow somebody to take your car or to take all four of your tires. He will allow someone to go into your bank account and take all of your money. And these are things that will just happen that are beyond our control. He will allow you to take someone in who's homeless. And when you come home, you will be homeless. Wow. God allows these things to happen. And so, so how do we adjust to these, these shifts and changes in our lives? Apparently Solomon had trouble with it. You know, he was the richest man on the face of the earth, but then he overspent. And then he had to put heavy taxation on the people. And, and what was a joy now became a burden because he couldn't keep what he had. And he overspent what he had. And, and with all of the wives in his life, he had a thousand wives and concubines. And yet he was really more miserable at the end of his life than in the beginning until he finally came to his senses. And so change is so important. So first thing I want you to remember is that change is inevitable. 
it's inevitable, it's necessary, and it's for our good. If, if we could remember that, the, the changing seasons of our lives, when they come upon us, we won't be taken like a storm. Aging, listen, you can put all the face cream that you want, but you're going to age. You might spray extra hair in or however you get it in, but you're going to age and it's going to change its color. Your health is going to change. I go over my mom's and and I can't believe we used to run up and down those narrow steps. And I often say, and then I put her trash out on like, how did I ever fit in this alleyway? I've been changing over time and I have got to hold my gut in a little bit harder now because I can't make it through the alleyway. Sometimes our, our employment change, we talk about that. Sometimes you get a, a, a supervisor that seems like a tyrant, but you can't do anything about it. Sometimes the dynamic in our homes change. Our children grow up and we find ourselves around a table that used to be filled with laughter and seats. Well, it still gets filled with laughter and seats, but not every day. And so maybe you come home to a near empty house or some change that have come out of, out of the fact that your kids have grown up right in front of you. Sometimes our relationships change. People are in and out of our lives. Sometimes we thought we would have lifelong friends, but it doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes you might outlive all of your former friends. Yet the Bible tells us that change is going to come. And so without change, without the cycle of change in our lives, we can't grow and develop and be complete the way God would have us. You got to have change. And that's why Romans 8.28 reminds us. And we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God. To those who are the called according to his purpose. That's how we need to embrace change. You know, I'm not saying that we ought to, ought to always, you know, when change happens, be all happy and joyous. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying we have to come to the realization that sometimes it's just necessary. Sometimes it just has to happen. I don't always understand it. Matter of fact, how about Job? One of the most difficult experiences to have messengers keep coming to you telling you your kids was over at the house having a good time. Lightning struck. Raiders came and, and, and took everything you have. And now you have no animals left out of the thousands of sheep and, and, and donkeys and so forth. And, and then how about this? On top of that, your, your, your few circle of friends, when you're down and out, wouldn't it be good to pick up the phone and call your few friends? Just to have them come over and sit with you. Yeah, they came over and they sat with him. But then they, they started to talk. Said, Job, we've been talking about you and we wanted you to know. You must have done something wrong. And to have your friends kind of make your cycle of pain, it was almost like driving the wedge in that much deeper. But how about this? You figured if your friends don't understand you, you figured your spouse will or your significant other. Wow. So you come home and you talk to them and, and you want them to comfort. Sometimes you just want people to comfort you say, it's going to be all right. But she looked at him and said, man, you one miserable dude. You, you know, you model just... Just kill yourself, man. You just all met. and that's what pretty much what his wife saying. I'm in layman terms. You know, you might as well just die, man. You you all messed up, and then on top of that, he's itching and he's scratching. He can't sit down, and so the man was in a bad state of change that just happened. But how about this? It was how he embraced the change that brought him through in a positive way. 
The Bible reminds us in Hebrews 12, 13. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. If you notice in Job's story, I'm kind of going a little bit ahead. But if you notice in his story, the one thing that he did, he embraced change. He never balled his fists up at God and said, Lord, I've been faithful. And now you let this happen. You done took my. He never once said anything negative to God, even to his friends. He knew his friends were wrong. He knew his wife was wrong, but Job had integrity in his heart and it helped him to embrace the change that had just been thrusted upon him. And, 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 and I'm going to tell you that because he embraced the change, he was able to grow and the outcome was actually in his favor. Because what he didn't know is that this whole thing was designed to prove that he was upright, to prove that he was the man. To prove that he had the right stuff. He didn't know it, but God put him on display. Said, Satan, okay, you coming up here running to and fro. Have you considered Job? He's a good man, upright man. And Satan was allowed to test him. And Job passed it. You know why? Because he, he understood that change was inevitable. And he embraced it, not knowing the outcome. He embraced the pain of it, just like being disciplined by God. Discipline is not always bad. Discipline is good. Sometimes with our children. We discipline him. And, and I'm not always talking about physical discipline. There were times that my mom said, don't hang around certain people. There were certain newbies that came in the hood and we, we, we didn't, you know, what do we know? But her advice was don't hang in that house because she might have gotten some news that you didn't get. And so we thought they were being mean until we found out that the cops was raiding the house not too long ago, you know, for drugs. And had we been there, we'd have got caught up in the house. So 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 God is the same way. So you got to embrace these things in our lives because it's inevitable. It's necessary for our good because God is always up to something good in our lives. Here's another thought. We have to remember to embrace God ordained change with a positive attitude. Now, remember, it's one thing to embrace it. Right. But to embrace it with the right attitude makes the difference. Now, I can accept change and sulk about it. Uh -huh. And it's just about, you know, and I'm still Mazel in a bad model, not even accept what's going on. But if I embrace it with a positive attitude, in other words, I'm going to see if I can get the best out of it. Now, again, our friend Job did that. He tried to get the best out of it because in the midst of his suffering, guess what he says? Though he slay me, yet will i trust him now how can you come to that recollection he had to come to the place where he embraced it with the right attitude because he understood that god was his foundation and so job understood things that that helps us today because he taught us that we cannot always see what god sees we cannot always know what god knows and we cannot always understand what god is doing in our lives and so many times the things that are meant for good may not feel that way some of the growing pains that we shriek from or that our heart hurts over is for our good because it's growing us up. And somewhere down the road, had you not experienced that, you wouldn't have been for the better. And that's the amazing thing that God does. And so he reminds us in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And so the, the, the bottom line is that before I accuse God, I need to pull back and give thanks to God 
Before I, I look at this thing from the bottom up, I need to start looking at it from a top-down position because it may be that God is trying to bring a greater blessing in your life. And I know it because the Bible reminds us here again in Philippians 2.13, for God, it is God who works in you to will and to act according to on behalf of his good purpose. Now, with that, it says do everything without complaining or arguing. There's the right there. We've got to learn how to maintain our, our status quo without complaining and murmuring and arguing. I heard it. Now, I, I was coming in the night and I, I was listening to um, uh, not Dobson. Uh, I can't remember the, 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 the preacher's name, but he was raw Reese. And he was talking about how when Israel complained and murmured, that Moses was reminded by God that the people are not complaining about you, but they're complaining against me. And so many times when we murmur uh, uh, with things that we don't like in our life, the things that has been allowed to blow over our lives, we're really murmuring against God. And we're really displaying our sore displeasure in his sovereignty over our circumstances. And so how do we remedy that? First Thessalonians 518 in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God. In Christ Jesus for you. So it's important to keep your eyes and your minds focused. Keep looking ahead. Don't keep looking back at your shortcomings, your failures, and the things that should have worked, that could have worked, that didn't work. Because like Job, you will miss the lesson that life has to teach you if you don't maintain the right attitude. Job made it because he kept the right perspective and he was able to get the blessing out of it. Let me share this before we take a break. And I may have shared this before, but maybe someone out there might be blessed by this. There was a woman on a job that you know how it is when everybody dumps on the low pole, the person on the low totem pole, they would dump on this woman. In other words, they would give her extra work stuff that the manager didn't want to make his other people do somehow managed to get dumped on this one lady. She never complained. They treated her bad. And they kept giving her all this extra work. But what they don't know is that one day this will turn in her favor. What happened one day is that the owner came to the company and he took notice of this woman with all of this work. And when he spoke with her about what she was doing, she was able to show him that she can do a little bit of everybody's work. I could do this. I can do this. And she never complained that they were dumping on me or how bad they treated her. And lo and behold, they didn't know that the owner was looking for another manager to take over a position. Out of all the showboats and the big people who stepped forward to prove that they had what it took, he chose this quiet lady because she did the work, had the right attitude, never complained, and it worked in her favor. And guess what? She became the boss over those who mistreated her. So the tides can turn in our favor if you give God a chance to work his stuff, right? All right, listen, we're going to take a short break and we come back on the other side. I'll at least give you one more thought. I may not be able to give all of it to you tonight, but I'll give you enough to hold you to next time, okay? So listen, we're going to take a short break and we'll see you back again in a few minutes here on the Primetime Power Show.
show with your friend pastor Penn, and we're, we're talking about embracing god ordained change uh, another thought i want to kind of bring to you is this how we, we when we resist god ordained change we resist his providence and his sovereignty over our lives now this is so important I've, I've come to learn what it means to to understand the providence of god and that means his control over people and things and I've seen the providence of God even at work in my own life over circumstances that led me to certain places where God had had put people ahead of me and and put people in place to guide my footsteps and to understand his sovereignty, meaning his authority over over our lives. And so it's important that we learn not to fight, that we learn not to fight God. Let me see if I can put this in perspective. Sometimes the changes that are being brought into our lives, in other words, are for our good. That God is doing something, but because we're on a human level, we have not come to understand or walk by faith. And so we begin to resist God. We begin to fight the change. We begin to kind of buck against it. Let me give an example. 
Let's say that God has you on a job that you just hate, but he chooses not to open up other doors for you. And instead of coming to work and maybe the newness would start when you change your attitude, but you come saying every day, I hate this place. I hate coming here, you know. And what happens is that you begin to not resent the the, the, the job, but you begin to really resent the authority of God over your life who has you in a holding pattern, who's trying to bring about some type of change or knowledge to your life. And, and here's, here's another example I found in the Bible that makes it, I hope it helps you. The disciples were told not to teach or preach in Jesus name anymore. And so the, the Gamaliel, one of the high priests, uh, well-known said put these guys outside for a minute let me let me talk to you and he advised them and said to them and now i say keep away from these men and let them alone for if this plan of this work is of men it will come to nothing but if it's of god you cannot overthrow it lest you find yourself fighting against god now this is important for us as well if god is the one that's bringing this change in your life you can't overthrow it you can't stop it you can't change it but what you will find yourself doing is fighting against God. So it's better for you and I to learn to wait on the Lord and to rest in him. That's what the Bible says. Fret not, you know, even because of evildoers, but to rest in the Lord and, and wait patiently for him who's at work in our lives. And so I, I wanted you to remember how important it is to, to be careful that we don't resist change. And I don't mean, you know, sometimes sitting in a situation when we need to do better and can do better. But there's a time to to wait on the Lord and to be of good courage while God makes the path of your life clear. Here's another thing. As change is coming in your life and we all go through the various seasons of our life, you know, and it's amazing how one season closes and another season opens and you'll find yourself in a midst of change. And it will seem like it happened overnight. I want you to remember whatever change you may be going through in your life, maybe a change in age, a change in career, a change in your family dynamic. Um, you know, maybe you, you're starting to see things differently. Remember that your life is a work in progress. God is not finished with you yet. And he'll put you on the right path of the journey and he'll make it clear for you. That's what you got to remember in the midst of everything that you're going through is that you're a work in progress. You've got to believe it. You've got to say it to yourself. And I, I know I'm right because Proverbs 3, 6 says in all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. And, and here's another thing I want you to do while you recognize that that your life is a work of God in progress. Right. Watch for new opportunities in your life as your gifts will make room for you. Now, that's so important. It, it, the Bible teaches us that your gift will bring you before kings. You won't be the one to do it. God will do it. Your gifts will go ahead of you and prepare the way. And so a lot of times what God is doing, your gifts are way ahead of you, making the way, clearing the path. But God is getting you ready. He's getting your mind ready. He's getting your 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 worldview ready. So sometimes God has to prepare us before he puts us in the next level of our journey. And so I just want you to remember that your gifts will make room for you. It'll bring you before great men. So what you and I have to learn to do is trust God. That he will open the right doors. He'll move you into the right place. As a matter of fact, look at your life. Some of you are doing things that, that, that you are just super uh, good at. And you might say, I never went to school for this. Well, I guess that shows that the Bible is true. Your gifts will make room. God will find a way to bring the hidden treasure that's in you out of you. 
and he will get you where you need to be. And then finally, we did make it to the end. In order for change to really take its positive effect in our lives, the foundation of our life must be to love and obey God and everything. That, that, that's really what Solomon finally concluded in the end of his life. That with all the accumulation of everything that you will get in life, he had all the riches a man could desire. But what the good does it do to have all of that and don't have peace with God? What good does it do us to have all of the things that life can bring, but to not have peace with God or the peace of God in our lives leaves you empty? And so there's only one way to embrace the changing seasons of our lives without losing sight of God's purpose is to trust him by loving him and obeying him in everything. And so Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 5 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength. And if you would make that the foundation of your life, no matter what change the seasons may bring, you'll be all right because you'll be in the hands of God. Job was okay. Didn't feel like he was okay at first. The pain was great. The suffering seemed overbearing. And you know what I found out too? That God, he knows your breaking point. And he'll never allow you to exceed the limits of your breaking point. He didn't let Job get to the place. He, how about this? He wouldn't even allow Job's friends to bring him to the breaking point. Because that's, guess what the Lord did? He dealt with his three friends. And he corrected them. And so in your life and in my life, because God is at work, he wants change. Change is necessary. And it's got to come in our way. Uh, and so... The underlying foundation, love God, put him first in your life. And whatever change comes, it'll be for your good. And guess what else the Lord will do? What is meant for evil, he'll make it for good. That's what he said. And matter of fact, it even says no weapon formed against you will prosper. That means God will take these changes and he'll make them work in your life. And guess what? At the end result, he'll grow you up and he'll grow you out. And he'll make you strong and he'll give you purpose, contentment, and he'll put your heart at rest. You know what I found out in life? The greatest place to be is at rest with God. The greatest place to be in your life is at a place where you can grow and accept the things that God has for you. All right. Well, listen, I hope that helped you out a little bit. And I hope that through the changing seasons of your life, rather you matter of fact, let me say this to your brothers before you run out and buy that Corvette, you know, embrace these changes okay before you run out and and spend all your money on a ten thousand dollar fur coat embrace the the change that has to come and, and see what god is trying to do see what he's up to so that through the changing seasons you'll be all right and you'll be at peace and guess what you have the blessing of god on your life because guess what the bible promises us goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. How about that? So whatever happens is going to be all right because I got goodness and I got God's mercy on the same road right alongside of me. You heard it for yourself live tonight on the Primetime Power Show from your friend, Pastor Penn. And I want this to carry you through the days and weeks to come knowing that we can embrace God-ordained change. All right, listen, we're going to uh, come back in a few moments with some closing remarks. Derek May. I'm Paul Little Quick Moore. I'm Christina Williams. And I'm Pastor Pendleton. And you're listening to the Primetime Power Show live. 
Primetime. Primetime Power Show. Believable. It's fabulous. Primetime Power Show is now available via podcast. Yes, you heard that right. We are on podcast, meaning that now we're available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. So if you've missed the show and you didn't catch us live or you just want to hear a show again, subscribe to the podcast, whatever platform you're on. Once again, that can be iTunes, Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. And then every time we have a show available via podcast, you will be able to see the latest, greatest show that's available. So once again, the Primetime Powers Show is now available on podcast. Subscribe today. The Primetime Power Show has advertising opportunities for your business or organization. We offer radio audio commercials, image text, and audio advertising on our website and on our social media pages. Live personality endorsements as well, much, much more. Learn more about our advertising options on our website at primetimepowershow.com slash advertise. Or you can email us a request for an advertising packet by sending it to advertise at primetimepowershow.com. Hey, be a part of the Primetime Power Show team and advertise with us. What's your favorite show? Primetime Power Show. There's no better show than the Primetime Power Show, man. I listen to it almost every day, man. Are you looking for technology support that can assist you with your web, computer, and business needs? MateWorks provides professional solutions that can help you with whatever need that you have. With a wealth of experience and technical know-how, rest assured that MateWorks can deliver on fulfilling your requirements. Learn more about MateWorks by going to their website at MateWorks.com. MateWorks is also available on social media such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. So give us a call today at 484-466-5460. Once again, that's 484-466-5460 if you would like to discuss service options or if you are ready to start today. MateWorks, working for your success since 2000. Welcome back to the Primetime Power Show live on Primetime Power Radio. Thank you for joining us for show number 248. We want to remind you, same time next Thursday night, live on Primetime Power Radio. Show number 249 will start on July 25th, 2019. So if you're marking it on your calendars, please note that show number 249 will broadcast next Thursday night, July 25th, 2019. Also want to let you know that we have advertising and sponsorship opportunities available Right here on the Primetime Power Show. For more information, go to primetimepowershow.com slash advertise. Currently, we are running the advertising special that's still going on for only $75. Your commercial, audio commercial, can play live twice on each show for four consecutive weeks. For more information, go to primetimepowershow.com slash advertise. Also, we have many other advertising packages available. You can download the form and the package 
on that website. Go to primetimepowershow.com, click on the advertise link, and you will be able to retrieve all the details in relation to advertising and sponsorship opportunities. The podcast, previous shows of the Primetime Power Show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and many other platforms that has the podcast feature. If you missed a previous show, the Primetime Power Show, go check out the podcast. Our last three shows are posted. I did that last night, so we're up to date as far as our, our latest shows. Also, we will be splitting up our segments, so we'll get those up individually as well. Also, I want to point out that we're going to be taking advantage of our YouTube channel more, so I need those out there who hasn't subscribed to our YouTube channel. We will be adding our content, and we will be splitting up segments. We won't have whole shows up there because YouTube does have some restrictions with copyrighted music, things of that nature. So we definitely will have at least our segments up of each show. So we're going to begin utilizing the YouTube channel as well as another media outlet where you can uh, retrieve uh, the information in regards to the content that we offer on the Primetime Power Show. But for that podcast, please subscribe. That's the best way you can get the notification when the next show is available, whether it's an interview or segment or the entire show. You'll be able to know when it's available. You can open up the application and it will give you a notification that you can click on and you'll be able to hear the latest uh, content that's offered on the podcast in regards to the Primetime Power Show. So we want to thank you for your support, for the subscriptions that we currently have so far. I believe it's over 200, so we appreciate whether it's individuals or it's outside outlets that have been grabbing our content for their usage as well. We thank you for just showing and broadcasting and offering our content to many platforms, so we're appreciative of that. But definitely check out the podcast. Be a subscriber. It helps us out greatly. It also lets us know that you're tuning in and that you're listening to the Primetime Power Show. So PSAs, if you have a community-based event program you would like to relate to our audience, the way that you can do that, you can send your information via email. PSA at Primetime Power Show is the way that you can connect with us. Please submit it before next Tuesday night. We want to make sure that the content will be reviewed, approved, and also we want to make sure we get into the rotation to announce your PSA. So once again, if you have a PSA and you're interested in our audience getting the information that you want to distribute, please email us at PSA at PrimetimePowerShow.com. Also, we want to encourage our listeners out there, check out our official show website, PrimetimePowerShow.com. It features Primetime Power Radio, which you can listen to 24-7, 365. Also, you can learn more about our radio personalities, what's going on on the Primetime Power Show. Also, there's a podcast link. You can listen to many of our previous shows and also some interviews that we put up to be available to listen to as well. So there's some content that's available. There's some information in regards to the show. Also, you can listen to Primetime Power Radio. So take the opportunity, if you haven't, check out PrimetimePowerShow.com. See what's going on with the Primetime Power Show team. We're always updating the site, keeping it with the latest, greatest information in relation to what's going on with not only the Primetime Power Show, but Primetime Power Radio as well. Also, on that site, there's badges for our social media platforms that we're on as well. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Click on the link, and please be sure to add, like, and follow us, and like our postings. But also, we want to hear your feedback. Let us know how we're doing, any ideas, suggestions, or if you want to be a guest on the Primetime Power Show, please feel free to reach out to us. 
Also, we have a feedback email, feedback at primetimepowershow.com, in which you can communicate with us, and we promise to write back to you as well. So as I mentioned, also, you can go to our forum if you want to be a guest on the Primetime Power Show. Just go to the Primetime Power Show page, click on the Contact Us. You'll see a form. On the drop-down menu, there's a selection to be a show guest. Select that and also give us some information and background in regards of who you are and what topic area you want to cover. And we will get back to you and we'll arrange a future date in regards to scheduling you to be on the Primetime Power Show for an exclusive interview. So I think that's going to do it for us tonight. I've covered everything. I'm Derek May. I'm Pastor Penn. I'm Christina Williams. And you've been listening to the Primetime Power Show, streaming live on PrimetimePowerShow.com, PrimetimePowerRadio.com, and on the TuneIn Radio app station, Primetime Power Radio.